Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. HudsonRiverRadio.com a subsidiary of Glacier Entertainment, LLC. Potentially successful, multi-hundred-dollar corporation. Welcome to All About the Money. I'm your host, Kirk Allen. And you're here live. And of course, you can always listen to us on the HudsonRiverRadio.com page, Hudson River Radio app. And you can catch us at any of the popular podcast platforms. Nailed it once again. Today's guest, an oldie but a goodie, a favorite, a man among men, a hero, <laughs> my buddy, <laughs> Michael oh, Collins. <laughs> no, seriously, you are. I read it somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's been on the show so many times and i appreciate every time he comes on because it's always relevant informative and i walk away feeling like yeah i'm smart uh now he's with team banks at compass modern real estate team and it's a different approach to to the business of real estate um not that i thought he was doing anything wrong before but that's what i love about uh you know individuals like mike because they always seek to get better, even when you think they're doing well. It's like Jordan still worked on his free throws. Why? I don't know, but he still did it. Um, LeBron goes into the gym and lifts. Why? I don't know, but he still does it. You know, so these are the things that, um, you know, an individual will do that I truly respect and admire because, you know, it makes you want to be um, better at your craft. So, Michael, welcome to the show once again for the sixth time, I believe. Thank you so much, Kirk. It's always a pleasure joining, and uh, I'm glad you're listeners get value and thank you for the incredible introduction um yeah i'm really excited to talk about the market and what's going on right now yeah i'm i'm excited too because there, since we last spoke um things have changed dramatically and in, in, in my opinion you know the the fed keeps raising rates and we'll talk about how that affects you um the u.s credit rating has dropped and one of the major players in the mortgage industry has said Say la vie, like the song from the 80s. Say la vie. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got to figure out how that affects individuals. And of course, how does it affect the people in the business of serving those individuals? So let's just hit it off real quick. Um, how or or should I say, what type of impact has the Fed really um enforced or done to the market? Because it just seems that the rate increases. Are, are happening and they'll, they'll never stop. How has that affected you and your clients? So traditional wisdom would suggest that a 
interest rate interest rate increase would be a negative for our market, right? Right. People would leave the market and not be interested in purchasing or they're getting priced out of homes. Um, and that's not what's happening, Kirk. No? Okay. Uh, no, not at all. We, th there have been, um, you know, when you raise an interest rate, and we talked about this on your last show, when you raise an interest rate from 4% to 7%, the difference in monthly payment and the difference in what you can afford changes dramatically right? It, it changes uh, a lot. And people that may have been approved for 500,000 or 600,000 or 400,000 before are now approved for significantly less. So they're either leaving the industry looking, not looking to buy at the moment, or they are adjusting their budget down to what they can afford based on the interest rates. But the problem isn't the number of buyers that we have out there. It's the number of sellers that we have out there. And interestingly enough, the increase in interest rates. So what happened over the last couple of years when interest rates were down in the threes and even some in the twos uh, is a lot of people that were in their homes refinanced for this incredibly low interest rate. Right. I, I have right. friends that have like a 2.1% interest rate on their home right now. And what has happened is now they're thinking about selling, but they would be looking at a 7% interest rate. So they're not selling. Um, very few homes are hitting the market right now. So even with the reduction of buyers that are out there, it's not enough to offset the reduction of homes for sale. We have less homes for sale now than we have. We've been saying that for three years straight, but it's all true. Right. We've been saying there's less homes available for sale now than there has been in the last 10 years. And it remains a steady fact. And that number keeps going down lower and lower and lower every month. I mean, it ebbs and flows, it goes up and down, but ultimately we're on a downward trajectory. Wow. And then there's a major player as well. You have Wall Street buying homes and they're competing with mom and pop and people like myself who, you know, I, I've been known to get out of a house rather quickly. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a little hopping. Yeah, you know, so if I'm here for, listen, I've been here a year. For, for me, that's a long time. Uh, but when when you're a buyer and you have the 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 competition of, of some company, some conglomerate, it's got billions of dollars and they're buying these homes, how does that affect your market? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Uh, corporations buying homes is definitely one of them. I think that we are a little bit less impacted uh, in this area. And, and I'll tell you the reason why, especially in the Hudson Valley, uh, I think we are a little bit unique in the fact that it's very hard to identify value on a home because there are so many factors. Um, you hear a lot about large companies buying a lot of homes out in the Midwest, South, Florida, Florida, where you just have these rows and rows and rows of houses. They're all the same. They were all built in the eighties or the nineties or the set, whatever it is. And home values are very, you know, pretty easy to guesstimate, right? We can, we know kind of what the home value is here. You can have a swing from one house to the next 
That's pretty dramatic based on condition, age it was built, you know, location, school district. So many things can have such a big impact on the value. You have to have somebody local that's knowledgeable, boots on the ground. You have to see the house. These big corporations, they tend to buy things sight unseen. Um, they use algorithms and guesstimates. And up here, frankly, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. You have to have somebody that's that's in here. But it's still impacting, right? It, I mean, it's still impacting because there are corporations that are uh, uh, that that are buying. I'm okay with corporations building. We're getting a lot of new construction in the area. It's slow moving. New construction isn't something that it's not like a pair of jeans you can turn around in a day or two. Right. Um, but uh, that's good. Keep it coming. We need more housing. Um, but uh, Airbnb is huge. There's a lot of people that own two and three homes right now that Airbnb them. Um, small investors uh, that have just a uh, an extra single family. Maybe they don't Airbnb it. Maybe they long-term lease it. Um, they own multifamily homes. It's not just big corporations. It's small corporations too. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, real estate has become the gold standard for investing. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's created this, this, this issue, right? I mean, it, it's, it's be, it's creating so much more value uh, for current homeowners, but also making it so much more difficult to get that piece of the American dream. Yeah, and, you know, consequently where we live, I've seen five new projects and they're all renters. I, I was hoping, you know, as a, as a homeowner that, you know, where I live, that these projects would be, you know, new single family homes. The trend that I've seen and I've read is that the reason why people are, are building these these rentals or renovating homes and turning into rentals because Americans, especially millennials, they're not as comfortable staying in one place for a long time. I don't know what that makes me because I'm clearly not comfortable staying in one place at one time. I'm I'm a Gen X male millennial in that sense, I guess. Um, but do you believe the trend will be more renters as compared to more home buyers in this area and and others as well? Um I do. I think that there will be more uh, renters. I think some because they don't have an option. Okay. Uh, and and some by choice, uh, they would prefer to be a renter. There are some great upsides to renting, Kirk. Uh, you know, as a real estate agent, obviously, I'm a big believer in, you know, owning property and owning real estate. I think it's one of the greatest ways to achieve wealth, uh, especially generational wealth. Uh, and and, and obviously I'm an investor myself, but there are a lot of upsides to renting too. You're not responsible for maintenance. You're not responsible when that roof breaks down, you know, or, or starts to leak. And you can just pick up and go typically with a 30 days notice as opposed to having to sell the house. Right. It gives you a lot of freedom and flexibility and reduced liability. Um, there are downsides, obviously. You're not building equity. You're not building wealth. Um, you can't leverage your equity, uh, you know, in the, in the form of a, in the form of a HELOC or, or, or some other, you know, asset, you are losing quite a bit of long-term stability, but gaining short-term flexibility and limited liability. Right. And I've done the math, depending on where I was planning to live, there were some places where if I was going to live for 20 years, it was actually a better deal to rent because the rent was so low and I could divert 
the other expenses that I would have for a house into an investment, whether it's, you know, S&P 500 mutual fund or ETF or something like that. And I would have done better in that sense. But then there are other places where owning a home was financially the best deal. So I guess it depends. But just that recent, you know, news briefs, they keep saying, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever because Americans won't be able to ever own homes again. Um, and there are people that I have as clients that have called and they're worried, will my son or daughter be able to own a home? And I'm like, I don't really, I can't say because one, I don't know what career they're going to get into. And two, I'm not sure how long before they put you into a nursing home and they'll get yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people may worry about. And I've heard even um, possibility of grassroots urging their representatives to have some type of legislation that would, you can't stop it, but maybe you could limit the percentage that a, a conglomerate would own in a particular community. Do you, can you see a day where legislation interrupts the the what just seems to be the natural flow of of home ownership these years these these last few years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, I think that's a pretty loaded question. Um, you know, what we do here, man. <laughs> government's here to you know protect us i guess and 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 provide services for us uh you know whether or not they can stop a corporation from buying i think is going to be a very complicated conversation um because uh, you know corporations make investments these are cash flowing assets for them um being putting a cap on that i think would also kind of get in the way of free enterprise and right. being able to you know grow your business um, which obviously we don't want to do that, but at the same time, we're making it more and more challenging. I think the goal would be to find ways to make home ownership more approachable for a first time home buyer. What can we do? I mean, we have FHA, right? Right. FHA is a program for first time home buyers. It's not just for first time home buyers, but it's a government backed lending process that supports people trying to get in a home. They'll work with lower credit scores um, and they'll they'll work with you. They re only require three and a half percent down. It is a great opportunity for a lot of people. But that can be completely reworked and make it even more approachable. Granted, the government needs to mitigate their risk. Right. Um, you know, these first time home buyers can go in and destroy homes or foreclose and, uh, you know, that's a huge liability for the government and they have to protect themselves against that. But how can we rewrite some of these programs so that people can buy homes a little bit easier? They're getting really, really expensive. They're getting very, very hard for people to uh, own. Uh, so I think maybe that would be a better approach than limiting or yeah. regulating business, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I Unfortunately for now, I think while, while interest rates are high, um, it's going to be uh, just a, a very, very, very tight, tight market with little to no homes on the market. It, it just about the vast majority of people. So this is an interesting, uh, I don't know that I'll call it a statistic, but a, a tidbit. Um, our team, we have, I don't know, a couple dozen listings uh, currently on the market or under contract. More than the majority of those listings are either due to a forced relocation 
a divorce or a death. Nobody's selling because they're choosing to sell, right? It's right. only the people that have to sell that are selling. And that's the big gap. That's what's making it so hard. There's no homes to choose from. Um, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at uh, statistics um, over the last 10 years here. Um, the number of homes available for sale. So look at the last 10 years, get this, you'll appreciate this. You're a numbers guy. I am. Number of homes for sale. This is through one key MLS. So this covers a whole bunch of counties, including Westchester, Rockland, Orange, Putnam, now Sullivan. Uh, so all of the homes available for sale in this MLS back in June of 2013, it was at its peak. There were 42,314 homes on the market available for sale in June of 2013. That was the highest it was. Wow. Any idea how many, want to take a guess how many homes are on the market right now, according to one key MLS? All right. So it went from 42,314. Right. 42,000. 42, right. And right now, so it's 42 then. All right. I'm good at this because I used to watch Carson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's, it's probably somewhere in the 50% range. So maybe a little bit more i'm gonna go with 23 9 15 9 you're making that up can i share my screen on this zoom Fifteen thousand nine hundred. i believe you but i got the 900 that's freaking impressive <laughs> that is impressive Fifteen thousand nine hundred seventy-four homes available on the market right now wow which when you compare to june of 2013 where it was 14 uh, i'm sorry 42,000 and change that is a dramatic dramatic change in what it feels like to go out and and shop for a home right now i mean even if we go back to um june of 2019 right right the pandemic there were 33,000 homes available for sale in june of 2019 so it was going into a more aggressive buyer's market already right. before the pandemic. But since then, it has just been exponentially difficult for buyers. And that's uh, that's not changing because of the interest rates. You would think that, you know, the interest rates, buyers would fall off and sellers would be having a hard time selling their homes. That's not what's happening at all. Wow. So then in the case of a corporation, right, we talked about earlier, corporations yeah. buying these homes. Yeah. Zillow was one of those corporations that bought a lot of homes sight unseen, and then they had to sell them. So the market may correct itself that way, but how does that help the market now that Zillow is looking to sell 7,000 homes um, to the public? Uh, how does that well, help uh, in general? My understanding is they sold those homes in a package deal to one company. Oh, I and, and I, I could have my data wrong. Uh, I haven't verified this, uh, but I have heard or did I read that? That was months ago. I'm under the impression that Zillow packaged their entire inventory and and unloaded it already. Um, I don't think that's going to have I don't think it's going to make a difference. Number one, Zillow bought a lot of homes in like three different markets that may be seeing an impact because of what they did. It's not right. happening here in, in New York in the Hudson. Okay. They didn't buy nationwide. They had, uh, it was, I think it was, um, I, I, I don't want to get the cities wrong, but I think it was mostly in the Southwest. 
um, maybe in the South, maybe somewhere in Georgia. I forget where it is. Neither here nor there. Um, okay. That's, that's done and over with. Yeah. I can't, you know, obviously I don't have a crystal ball. The market can get affected in different ways. I have a very hard time seeing how we're going to get out of this type of market and into a market that is more balanced. Um, something dramatic has to happen, whether it's legislation, whether it's, I mean, even if you drop interest rates back down to 3%, we'll get a lot more inventory. But now people are so acutely aware of what in interest rates do far more than they were in the past, it will become a feeding frenzy again. So we're going to bring a lot of people into buying and a lot of investors into buying. It's not going to help the problem. I think dropping interest rates will not help. Wow. Um, you know, we need more housing. That's what it comes down to. We need more housing. Uh, and the, the the faster we can build, the faster we can find solutions, whether it's um, low income housing, whether it's small homes or tiny homes, as they're as they're called or um, renovated, whatever it is, we need housing. And that was going to be one of my next questions. Do you yeah. do, do you see a, a trend where we go back to um, like my my one of my dear friends? His mother's lived in this house forever, um, but it was probably built, I'd say, in the 50s. And it's a smaller home. You know, the rooms aren't gigantic. Uh, the master bedroom looks like some people's walk-in closet, probably. Uh, the kitchen is tiny and it's the, the, the dining room and living room are tiny. Um, do you see a point where we'll go back to building homes and not building these mansions? Absolutely. I, I think it's... I mean, if you're spending any time on Instagram reels or TikToks, or maybe they come up on my feed because I'm interested in real estate, tiny homes are, I mean, they're even going smaller, right? I mean, there, there are people that uh, are, are finding incredibly creative ways to live their entire lives in a 300 square foot home, you know, uh, a one room sort of fold away, you know, super modern advanced kind of little home and while i don't think i can ever bring myself to do that personally. no i'm too big for that i'm serious <laughs> I've, been, I've been lifting these five pound weights i don't think i can do it. <laughs> like i just I, I i need the extra space that but some people don't some people are very comfortable in their in their nook and and that's and that's wonderful it's a great 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 solution for those that you know, desire that. And there's, there's a real, I think, desire for smaller footprints, um, not for nothing. You know, I think the very large homes um, are going to slowly, and this is just another prediction. I, I could be wrong about this, but I think they're slowly going to become less and less desirable. I think that as, you know, land will be important, obviously privacy, people want space, but the larger the home, it's not just the bigger price tag on the home. You know, replacing a roof is so much more expensive on a McMansion than it is a typical raised ranch, right? Right. Uh, you know, if you have a problem with, you know, your heating, it's going to be so much more. You need bigger products. You need bigger mechanicals. You know, your patio is larger, you know, when... You have a retaining wall that has to be rebuilt like that. These things just add up, right? You know, right, you right. want to replace the windows in a McMansion. It's going to cost you a ton of money. Um, so I think that the cost of ownership is going to persuade a lot of people from going too big. 
Um, and uh, especially now where, you know, everything we have is is re getting reduced in size, right? We don't need a big TV. We can have a big TV, but it's paper thin, right? It takes right, up right. a lot less space. Right. Computers, you know, even our furniture, everything we can, everything we have can be designed to take up less space. We don't need as much square footage anymore. Right. And then I, I guess the added cost of which I think about um, why I looked into, you know, other ways to heat and cool my home, uh, Central Hudson, where we live, it just seems every time you turn around, they're raising the rates, you know, and you don't realize, I don't think people realize when you buy a home, and I've said this to former students or, you know, it's not your mortgage that's going to kill you. It's everything else. You can afford the mortgage, but then property taxes will go up. Uh, your utilities will go up. You want to heat it. You want to cool it. Like you said, things break. You you want to make sure you can fix them. Or if you don't get the home warranty, then you're going to have to self-warranty. There's so many other factors that go in. And going from where I lived on the hill, which was, was a beautiful view, I can't remember a weekend where I wasn't paying someone to fix something or I wasn't fixing something. And the cost... It just seems for them to show up and go up that big hill, and it was it was five hundred to a thousand just to show up. And I, I'm like, man, this looks good on a postcard, which you made when you sold it. It was a beautiful postcard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the, the the maintenance, I remember getting thousand dollars a month utility bills, and I was like, what? What? Everybody, that's it. Get a coat, you know, blankets. We're we're turning off the heat. You know, it was it was it was crazy. And coming to a smaller place, I've cut my costs, you know, um, in most cases by 50%. So definitely from my point of view, it, it is it is an added bonus to, to go a little bit smaller. Not that I like going too small. No, no, no. You know, it's funny. When I bought my first house, I bought it in 2011. I was very lucky. I bought it at a great time. Um, uh, but it was still a stretch for us. And we did some renovations to the house. We kind of made it our own. Um, but I'll never forget my aha moment. You know, I had been running to the Home Depot multiple times, trying to roll up my sleeves and do, you know, the the, the DIY route of making the home better. Um, and everything was adding up, the paint, the paint brushes, the trim, the this, the that. And I'm looking at behind you, you've got light switches, right? And an outlet on the wall. And I remember we wanted to change ours. We wanted them to look nicer, more modern. And it's like, whatever, $13. Okay, not a big deal. And then you multiply it by 50. Right. You think about how many of those you have to do around the house, right? Um, and all of a sudden that $13 item is $650. Yeah. And, I, and, and it was that moment where I had this aha, where it's like, holy moly, I, you know, these things add up and, and we're just talking about light switch covers and outlet covers. You know what I mean? And yeah. when you start breaking down every little component of the home, um, it, it is, it is expensive. And, and for that reason, I'll just go back to that original idea. Um, I think the, you know, people want space, right? People want to entertain. They like having people over, especially more now since COVID. I think people are more aware of their personal spaces and they want to do more at home. People are working more from home. Um, but I think the oversized, I'm talking about the four, five, six, seven thousand square foot McMansions, um, are 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 starting to show a little bit less appeal, at least in my opinion, that, than they have in the past. 
All right. Well, it's funny because that's the number that popped in my head. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on our first break. And my guest is Michael Kahn's. And when we get back from the break, we'll talk about the U.S. credit rating going down, how it affects the market, and why I shouldn't buy my next house, which is 6,500 square feet. That's right, Mike. I'm looking again. We'll be right back on All About the Buddy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to All About the Money. I'm your host, Kirk Allen. I'm with Michael Kahn's number one realtor in my heart and number one in yours. <laughs> We're talking about the Hudson Valley and beyond. How um, the market has changed over the last three, four years, uh, right before COVID and since COVID, uh, things have just been different. Um, and recently, the U.S. has had had its credit rating decreased to AA+. Not a huge decline, but still a decline in, in a way. Did that have any effect on the housing market at all? I, I, I don't believe so. Not at this moment. Um, I think that when you look at the national credit rating, um, there is a, I think it's going to have an impact internationally. I think, uh, you know, borrowing from the government, people are going question a little bit more but to your point uh we went from a triple a to a double a plus um it's not as if we're a high risk country but i think my opinion on what this credit rating drop does is it kind of puts our government in check a little bit and it says hey listen you know we better get our you know what together right uh, you know we can't be heading in this direction uh, I don't think that I don't think it's put our, uh, us as a country in a position where we're going to feel an effect other than we know we're headed in the wrong direction and right. some adjustments need to be made. I think, you know, and, and you know, it's funny, I, I'm willing to bet, unfortunately, that we're going to listen to presidential debates and nobody's going to talk about it. You know, it's not going to be brought up. It's not going to be a topic of conversation, maybe because it's not as hot of a topic as some of the other things, but should um, be. It, I, I think it should. I think if we continue in this direction, it could be really, really bad for us. Um, you know, I think I don't think we will. I think we're going to get it together, but I don't I, I don't foresee this having an impact on the housing market uh, at all. You might have one or two investors 
that think maybe America isn't the safest investment, but I, I think the impact for us is going to be minimal at this point. Thank you. Um, and then the other big question I have is with Wells Fargo deciding to no longer be in the mortgage game, um, like they were at one point, they were, they were, I believe they had twice as many mortgages out there as anybody else. And now they're stepping away. And I've read where um, Chase Bank may follow suit and possibly Bank of America um, with these banks saying, hey, we, we're going to focus more on renters and not on mortgages. What's going to happen? Will other players step up and fill the void? Or will it be even more difficult to, to get a mortgage? Because I also did some research and found that they're going to expand the credit score range so that the high is higher and the low is lower. Um, I don't know if that's an attempt to get more people qualified or is it an attempt to make it a little bit more restrictive? Um, but how do you think that move by Wells Fargo and other banks that are leaning that way will affect people's ability to to get mortgages? I think the mortgage industry is probably one of the most profitable industries out there. And I think when big banks like uh, Wells Fargo or Chase or, or, you know, another large entity like that restructures their mortgage department to streamline certain types of mortgages and not offer different types of mortgages is, again, going to have minimal to zero impact because there are plenty of other banks and mortgage brokers to pick up those types of products. Um, one of the interesting things about mortgages is, you know, when you go into banks, uh, they can be really great for you and they offer a collection of products, right? Their mortgage is their product, one of their main products. Right. And they offer terms and, uh, uh, you know, there's certain requirements, um, interest rates, you know, payback periods, yada, yada, yada. There's, you know, all of the, it's like a little platter that they put the mortgage on and say, okay, here's what we offer. Well, mortgage brokers, on the other hand, are people that and we've done, you know, uh, well, I have on my show. <laughs> I forgot. I, I was on mine too. <laughs> um, you know, we've had banks and brokers on to talk about on my show to talk about the difference. And, you know, brokers will shop with all types of private lenders and banks and find people that will carry the product that you're interested in just because, you know, uh, a company decides to eliminate a couple of products from their portfolio doesn't mean that those products are no longer available. It's just not where this particular company is interested in making revenue right now. Sometimes that could be to downsize certain departments that could be to streamline operations. It could just be to clean house. It could be that they found those products. They're not good at those products. A perfect example, a lot of banks have cut out home renovation style loans. A renovation style loan is where, you know, if you're buying a house for $500,000 that needs some fixing up, they'll lend you the $500,000. And then they'll lend you another $50,000 to do the renovations or $100,000 or $10,000, whatever you need. And then, you know, so let's just, for argument's sake, use $50,000. So you're borrowing $550,000 and you get $50,000 to fix up your home. Now, there are a lot of uh, requirements that go with a home renovation style loan. It needs to appraise for both the original purchase price and the after 
renovation price. You have to use an approved contractor. You have to use a contractor. You can't do the repairs yourself. There's a whole bunch of extra steps that go into this. Right. And it makes it a little bit more complicated. It's still a great option for some people. Some of my clients have done tremendously well with renovation style loans, but some banks find that that's not really what they're good at and it becomes complicated for them. So they've eliminated that from their portfolio. That doesn't mean you can't get it. You just got to go to the guy that's selling that, you know? So I, I think when you see, they're not eliminating mortgage departments entirely. Some of these banks are just cleaning house a little bit, getting a little bit more streamlined, eliminating some products so that they can focus on what they're really good at. Okay. And and another way I look at it is it's kind of like eyewash because when you're a homeowner, you know that within the next three to six months of you getting the key from your broker, like I've done several times with you, that your, your mortgage is going to be sold anyway. So yeah. it's only the origination that they're really getting rid of because they're still going to buy the mortgage and then they're going to package it and sell it to someone else. And they're going to, they're going to buy it. I, the last home, I believe it was sold within a year and a half, four times. Wow. You know? And that's, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, that's a lot. And so far the year that I've been here, I'm up to two. So it's, it's, it looks good on paper and it sells really well, but the, the reality is it's, it's just the origination that, that becomes, you know, um, where they may have, a. Uh, a, a change in, in views and philosophies, but they're still going to buy other people's stuff and sell it. Yeah. The more the, there's so much money in mortgages. <laughs> we're, we're not going to, uh, we're, we're not going to see any problems with people stepping up and wanting to lend money anytime soon. I, I, I mean, there's way too much money involved and um, there's too much greed in America. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be somebody that's going to want a piece of that pie. Uh, Gordon Gecko. Greed is good. <laughs> grew up with that all right so now you are with compass in case people are not aware of team banks at compass please tell my audience what makes you different remember i have a listener all around the world listeners and they want to know because they might want to buy a home in the beautiful hudson valley so what makes team banks um especially their their partnership with compass um a different type of a real estate company oh so much um are we ready to start a new show? Yeah, we're listening. <laughs> I like, go for a whole you hour. Remember what they used to say: "Inquiring minds want to know." Uh, listen, I, I mean, number one, uh, for your you know national or even international listeners, uh, we can still help, right? Even if we're not in your neck of the woods, uh, we have a great referral system. If you're looking for a top-notch agent uh, in your area. We can vet them, find out who the right person to work with is in that area. If I was going to look for an agent, let's say you're in Denver, Colorado, and you are looking to sell or buy your home, I will look for an agent for you the way I would look for an agent for myself. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's go back to that. So yep. I'm I'm nearing a career change. Yes. Um, I'm looking at North and South Carolina um, yes. and also Cincinnati. Those are my those are my three right now. Maybe more later on. You would find me an agent in that area. Yes. Okay. So you're gonna find me an agent wherever I want to go. That's great information. So with that, let's go to a break. All about the money. We'll be right back because I'm gonna get another uh, house in another state.
Welcome back to All About the Money. So let's see here. Mike, before break, said he could find me a house in another place with another agent. People would say, why don't I just Google? I could do the same thing. What makes it better to go to you? Well, because I'm, I am a real estate agent and I have an, an enormous amount of experience. Number one, uh, we can look at um, additional statistics and workflow that you're probably not going to see online. Um, you know, you get to see all the Zillow reviews and the Google reviews, which um, I know from experience, right, doesn't necessarily always equate to a great agent. You can have 500 five-star reviews because you're really, really good at asking for them, or you're really, really good at, you know, batting your eyelashes or shaking hands and getting five-star reviews. But does that really mean you're a very competent agent? I think that it's a starting point, but it's certainly not the end-all be-all for quality. Um, so what I've done for clients in the past is I have gone and looked through agents, um, sales, uh, and some of their other statistics in a certain area. I select a few. I give them a call. I interview them. I ask them a little bit about their business. I make sure that they are really good quality agents that are going to deliver. And then I refer them over to you. Uh, for your interview, and you don't have to go with them, but it's a free service that we offer. Um, obviously, any agent that we send uh, a client to is is grateful and uh, will hopefully reciprocate and 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 help us out. Um, but uh, ultimately, it's a free service that I would offer to you uh, because I want to make sure that you're getting the best service wherever you go. That's amazing. That's one of, I've never heard anyone willing to give away money like that. So thank. You. I appreciate it. What else makes you different? Because that's a different thing that I've ever heard. Yeah. So lo locally, right, we uh, we cover a great portion of the Hudson Valley from northern Westchester to Rockland, Orange, Putnam, Dutchess, a uh, little bit of Ulster. And, you know, we created our team with the intention of raising the bar and elevating the experience for people in the Hudson Valley and, and not just buyers, but, but sellers alike. Uh, our focus is going above and beyond at every turn. Kirk, when we sold your house, we didn't just snap some photos, put it on MLS and cross our fingers, right? We no, marketed I it. You you did an amazing. Let me just tell the people what you did. All right. First of all, this guy shows up. He's like seven feet tall, right? So I'm thinking, where were you when I was playing ball back in the day? I could have been throwing you hoops. I would have got a scholarship, right? So it you come to the house, you don't make any illustrious promises. You didn't bring um your iPhone or or digital camera for those of you kids who are listening. Um, and you actually said, No, we're gonna we're gonna do this. You created a plan, and then within days you had basically a, a crew come, you did, uh, you know, staging. Um, then you made a movie, which I still watch. <laughs> I, I, those views, those 100 last 100 views are all me. Um, I still watch the, the movie that you made of the house. And I thought, man, this is really phenomenal. Then you, you had your, uh, your, 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 your showing, but you were there every single step of the way. And there were times when I called you, um, and I thought it was, man, this is a stupid question. This guy's not going to answer. He's not going to pick up, picked up. There was times, I think I called you one time at like 11 o'clock at night, another time at like six in the morning and you picked up. I'm like, first of all, clearly my agent is a vampire because he never sleeps. Um, and then 
I was not as impressed, and I and this is not a negative. I was not as impressed with the home selling as I was in the home buying. And the reason why I say that is with all the things you did, we went to no kidding, bro, over a hundred and twenty homes. And there was never a time when you said, "Damn, I don't want to be honest with this guy. It's it's not. It's, I'm wasting my time." So your patience. Oh, I never said that out loud. Well, I'm glad you never said that. <laughs> but you, it was, it was, it was a, it was a long process. Selling the home was, was, was. You, you got me great return. You did everything, but I, I really, I, I was, I was overwhelmed by your patience and diligence uh, with my search for the replacement home. That's what really made me want to recommend you to everyone that I knew, because um, I, I think a home is sometimes easier to sell than going out with me every single day, you know, all times of day, weekends. I know I took time away from your family. I'm surprised your wife still says hi to me. Uh, I took like a good six months of your life. Um, you know, so that's what I saw. And if, if everyone in your agency does that, that's the difference between team banks. And I think a lot of people, am I, am I off base anyway on that? No, I think, I think you're spot on, but we're, we're even, you know, uh, it's one thing to be available. It's one thing to be patient, but then there's an entire uh, next level of service that I think we bring to the table. Um, number one, right, and this is something that we've been working on. Uh, and and you know, we I talk about your experience, right? And your experience was very difficult. It and and we did see a lot of homes, but you were a very active buyer. You were putting in offers. You were trying to make things happen. You weren't just out there kicking tires. You were trying to buy a home. You were yeah. serious about it. And, and, uh, and you I lost the home because of a soap dispenser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it, it was, it was, it was unbelievable out there. Um, so some of the things that we've implemented, right, we're not just hoping things go on MLS. You tell us the neighborhoods you want to be in, and we will we will call people in the neighborhood. We will send out letters to people in that neighborhood. We will try to find you a home uh, in that neighborhood, even if it's not on MLS right now. And, and I think that's something that has to be done um, because of the inventory being so low. We've got to find alternative solutions, right? Um, we have incredible uh we have this incredible thing called collections it's an online portal so think of it like a pinterest board for buying homes uh, new homes get put on we can make comments on it we can share it you can invite friends to collaborate on your collection we can create these great tours with lots of information all at the tip all right at the tip of your fingers on your phone um our marketing and technology is way ahead of everybody else, which puts you, the buyer or seller, in the driver's seat to, you know, accomplish your goals faster and easier, right? It's less complicated. There's less problems along the way. We are just streamlined for a modern market. We it, There is enough complications out there. We need to be ahead of the curve on everything that we can. We use AI, we use digital signatures, we use um, digital touring devices, everything, you name it, we've got it. You want a modern real estate experience, come talk to a team banks agent and we'll blow your mind. And the office is not too shabby, by the oh. way. All right. And and for those of you who are trying to, uh, you know, figure out who you want your agent to be, I forgot to do this. So please do. How can people reach you? 
um, in order to buy or sell their properties or even rent. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm everywhere. So is Team Banks. That's B-A-N-X. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram at Team Banks R-E. Um, but you can also email me uh, or call me. My number, I'll give you my cell phone number, 845-372-8549. Um, email me at michael.cons. That's K-A-H-N-S at compass.com. And happy to help yeah and and honestly i again just the process i've I've had other agents i've bought man a couple of houses in my life well, actually i'm lying i bought a couple last year <laughs> <laughs> so the process when when it's it's arduous it, it just makes it harder when you have a, a realtor that's not in tune and you're right things have changed i you know i would see something online and send it to you because i was always looking yeah. And within and like you're like you would respond. So when do you want to see it? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> Let's you, go. Yeah, what are you, Batman? Like, when do you want to see it? So it, it, and, it, the delay was minimal, if any. And now we have uh, we offer free use of our moving truck, right? You got right. to move using our moving truck. Uh, so that's a that's a great benefit. Um, you know, it's one less thing to worry about. It's a great 15 foot box truck great for maybe a two bedroom apartment. If you got to make a couple, you know, if you got a bigger house, maybe a couple of trips, but that's free of charge for our clients for life. Um, we have a uh, program called concierge where if you're selling your home and it needs to be updated for one reason or another to get the most value, we'll take care of the upgrades um, so that you can sell your home for more at, at a very nominal fee. I think it's 500 bucks. Um, and we just get reimbursed for the renovations at closing. Um we offer, you know, our own podcasts, educational seminars, you name it. We're here for the community. We're involved in the community. Um, I'll put a plug out. We're hosting our first um, home buying experience, which is sort of a seminar on buying homes today, what that looks like, what you need to know uh, in order to buy homes in today's market. That's going to be in person at our office at 2658 East Main Street in Wappingers Falls. That is September 21st at 6 p.m. Just find us on Facebook. It'll be advertised all over there or Instagram. That's awesome. Any parting words for the people that are listening um, so that, you know, if they're a little bit worried about what's going on in the economy, the market, buying a home, and just put them at ease, you know. The best time to buy a home was yesterday. Second best time to buy a home is today. That's, you know what? That's what I used to say when I was dating. <laughs> the best time to date me was yesterday. The best time to date me is right now. Right now. Uh, listen, listen, there's a lot of questions about the future. What is the interest rates going to be like? What are the home values going to be like? What is going to happen in the future? And I don't know. Neither does anybody else, right? What I do know is betting on real estate is a good bet. Yeah. Right. Our population is growing. They're not making any more land. They've tried. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're out in uh Dubai. Dubai, right? Where yeah. they're building cities. Uh they're not making any more land. Um, so owning a piece of property will, in my mind, forever be sort of a golden ticket, right? You'll always have 
a a valuable asset cars uh sneakers boats uh um baseball cards things will go up into nfts right and what happened to nfts they were like you know this big rage and you know this this picture was selling for like four million dollars now it's back to being worth 72 cents i i I don't i don't understand the nft rage i i don't pretend crypto right all of these things sure maybe you can make a million dollars overnight you're not going to make a million dollars overnight in real estate but it is going to be a hard asset that i can't imagine a scenario where the value would go down to zero i can't imagine a scenario where you're going to lose money in the long term you might in the short term it's a possibility but in the long term, I think real estate is going to be tried and true, and it's going to be a great vehicle for a, a return for you. So um, get in the market. Listen, I know it's tough, but owning that piece, it's it's worth it, I, I feel. Absolutely. I mean, people have moved back to Chernobyl, so it just proves to me. <laughs> if you don't know what Chernobyl is, look it up. There are people living in Chernobyl right now. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're willing to go back to Chernobyl in order to get a home, it just tells you that. You can live anywhere, and and the fact that this planet can't produce any more land unless you're in Dubai, um, you're you're going to be in a pretty stable investment. Don't be afraid. Get in, get in often, and uh, when you need a realtor, don't That's call the right me. Realtor. Yeah. yeah, call yeah. Michael Kahn's. He's the one you call. All right. When when they throw that real, you know what you should do because I think this would be really awesome if you could design a realtor signal like Batman. So when any, when anytime anybody needs a realtor, they just, oh no, it's the realtor signal. And then you get in your car and your workers, they get in the S or your, your agents, they get in their SUVs and their cars and they just drive to the individual. And they're like, I'm here to help you realtor, man. You just remind, I'm, I'm probably going to go way off topic here, but have you seen this sort of viral, uh, Alabama? Don I saw fight? Threw the hat yeah. and he threw the hat and it seemed to like call all of his friends. Yeah. Like Strangers. People were jumping <laughs> in the water. <laughs> if you do that and people start jumping in the Hudson to sell a house, you've made it, my friend, you have made it. But that that's an amazing video. If you haven't seen it, that the hat goes up. And then everything just—I don't know—it just went, it just went from there, just right from there. So, thanks again, my friend, for coming on the show, ladies and gentlemen. That is my guest, uh, my friend, and one of the best realtors in the Hudson Valley. I'm sure there's another realtor out there that's sort of decent, but right now, for my money, um, you're number one, brothers. Thank you very much for coming on the show, and I'll talk to you soon. All about the money. I'm all done, and I'll see you next time. Later. Later. That was a funny show. I mean, that was funny, man. That guy. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that, that video. I know. Yeah, it was. Oh. and he was just doing his job. He was trying to tell him to move, and they wouldn't move. You know, and I, I think I've seen more videos about like. So there was this one where, um, you know, the guy takes his hat and throws it up, and then it cuts to all these different people, but it's playing like the Avengers music. Like, there's different people doing different things, and they're like, what? Yeah, there's one where he throws it up and it turns into the bat signal. Yeah, it's, it's like, and then like the other guy's like moving something. He goes, oh, you know, and then they all come and it's. Yeah, you literally had a guy jump off the boat and swam across the. I know, mountain. I know. And all he was saying was, "Look, you guys got to move your your pontoon so I could dock," and they refused to do it. Like, it's like here we go. All right, you know that's gonna be the newest thing in in, in clubs. Hats up.
or in school. I could honestly, that's gonna happen in a school fight. Someone's gonna throw that just to absolutely yeah all right my brother i'm gonna edit this and i'll get it done by the weekend sounds good brother i appreciate you thank you so much and anytime man you're always welcome thank you i'm sure i'll see you soon you will i know i like your free coffee (laughs) bye-bye talk to you later bye